Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Suicidal. Hello, everyone. We're not going to do that bit. <laughs> You're not going to sing punk rock? I'm not. We're two minutes late. If it was a dressage show, we would be disqualified. We'd have been eliminated, yes. Yes. But we had the screen, and then the screen went away, and then we had to go find it again. And by we, I mean her. There are problems. <laughs> but we're here. We're only two minutes late, and we have some exciting things to cover. Plus, we have a new light. Herman installed a light up there for better lighting. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully it's working. Yes. It seems to be better, though. Anyway. We were finally able to ride today. We have had so much rain and, like, freezing cold and it has not felt like california the mountains are all yeah we had though. snow down to like three thousand feet or 2500 feet yeah it was so, crazy the topa topa mountains are all covered in snow yes and a lot of trees fell down in our in our neighborhood here <laughs> i learned that if you water your trees a lot they will grow shallow roots when they need to dig deep for water, they'll get really deep roots. And they water here a lot in the compound and uh, lots of trees fell over in the winds. I think the winds were a gust of 70. <clears throat> Janet says, come to Florida. It was 90 today. But what's it like in the summer? What's that's it like our, in August that's our the humidities there. Yes, that's our fear. Um, okay, so we have, we have a lot. About it, yes. yes, we have a lot to cover. We're going to talk about World Cup. We're going to talk about bending aids. We're going to talk about the celebrity here. Oh, <laughs> Come on, <laughs> everyone likes his videos the most. Um, we have some other good questions that you guys were asking on Amelia's Dressage Club. About so, yes, we're going to start by talking about World Cup. So World Cup is in April, April uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th. It's in Omaha, Nebraska. We are going to be there. On Thursday the 7th, we, you and me, we're going, yes, we're going to be doing like a live lecture on rider position and a meet and greet. We rented a room at the Marriott Hotel and it's going to be fun. It's the day when there's not any dressage. So like the Grand Prix. Because you have is, a break in between yeah, the rides. The Grand Prix is on Wednesday. And then the, um, the, the freestyle is on Friday. So Thursday is like a boring day. And I don't really know if there's anything to do in Omaha. So you'll have to come to the meet and greet. We will try to stream it live if you're not going to be there. But it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to meeting some of you guys. And... The World Cup is going to be awesome. It's so fun and so inspiring to get to see those horses. Lots of times you scribe at the World Cup. Why aren't you scribing this uh, year? Because they changed the program and Glenda doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, I got to do it, uh, what, four times in Vegas. What was it like to actually sit like 
down there on the floor and watch the horses. It's fantastic. Um, I got to scribe and I got to do the e-scribing, which was you look over, you see the number, and you punch the number. The, the real scribe, the one who had to write things down, didn't get to see as much. So I got I got the best seat in the house. Um, I uh, And they moved me around. I did it in two th- Anyway, whatever. It was great. And uh, you got to sit up front and hear judges' comments about things and then the judges argue about other things at the breaks and stuff it was oh. really educational so you actually got to hear what the judges were saying and commenting yeah. that's cool yeah yeah that would have been fun i was last time when we went to vegas he was sitting down on the floor scribing and i was sitting up right you came to my birthday surprised me on my birthday the last one. Oh yeah that was our honeymoon was world cup that's right <laughs> very romantic and i think my brother <laughs> stayed in the room with us so I was really curious okay, about so I've been waiting Cup, an hour to hear what would happen with the kids. I don't know. Someone asked a question. I've been waiting an hour to see what had happened. What happened, kids? I don't know. We're no, we always go on at six <coughs> o'clock. Maybe she was early. Okay. Um, okay. So we wanted to talk about the bending aids versus the canter aid. This week's video, this week's YouTube video, it was actually a really good video. You did not do it. I did it. But it was about explaining how to bend your horse in the body. Like, what are the aids to bend your horse? Because I think that that is something that is really hard. Like, I remember, I think Christine Traurig is the first one that started talking to me about, like, bend in the rib cage and getting your horse to bend between your legs. And it's a really hard concept. So what are the aids for bend? Inside leg to outside aids. And it's your inside leg to the outside rein and the outside leg. <clears throat> the outside leg. Would be Where's Pokey? Where's Pokey? Oh, Pokey's flying. <laughs> so, like inside leg, and then your outside leg behind the girth. Maybe that way. So that'd be your inside leg. There's the outside rein and the outside leg, and then you get bend. You push there with that inside leg <clears throat> because you're looking for access in through the rib cage. You have to have an outside rein. The inside rein just supples, okay? So you have to have an outside rein and an outside leg there to receive the pushing from your inside leg. And now the question was asked, how is that different? How is that different from your Canada part? Well, the Canada part has the extra part where you drop your hip and drop your hip and make the canter happen with your seat. So if your hips are still riding the trot, and you put your legs in and ask for the bend you take your inside leg and it's not constant it's not like you just jam your it's the ribs are there right the horse is breathing your leg has to breathe too and you push and off and push and off but if your seat is doing trot and it's not doing the hip scoop to make canter then you get bend and not a canter part yeah yeah so the bend is kind of more like they're enveloping your horse i feel like the bend is (laughs) kind of like if your horse is bending then they're not necessarily like running into the pressure of your legs or there's not a constant pressure it should be kind of once you start a circle and you have the bend your legs are in position but they're not on with pressure versus a canner aid is a more distinct thing like if you're gonna ask for the canner it's half all asked even though it is true that the leg position is the same for canter and for bend. And sometimes horses will um, 
confuse the two. Like you might be asking for a more bend and the horse will think to canter, in which case you just need to bring them back to the trot and explain to your horse. And adjust your aids. Yeah. Adjust your aids, but also have clarity in your mind of, okay, I'm asking for bend versus I'm asking for the canter transition. I think that that's really important. And if your horse canters, I mean, in the scheme of things, it's always good if your horse reacts. Like I always say that a reaction is better than your horse just not doing anything. Because if you want your horse to bend and they accidentally canter, then you just say, oh no, we're just trotting and and we're going to bend. The spiral in and out is a really good exercise to work on bend. And and yeah, sometimes horses do accidentally canter when you ask for a bend or shoulder in or haunches in. It's part of the learning curve, but it goes away. It's not like that's going to stay that way forever. The horse isn't always going to be confused. Or are you? I mean, it's time and miles. So much of this horseback riding thing is time and miles because you have to feel, you got to develop feel. And uh, how it was explained to me is first, you're um, unconsciously incompetent, right? So you're unconsciously incompetent. Oh, yeah, the four stages of learning. Right, unconsciously incompetent. Then you move to consciously incompetent. (laughs) And then you move to consciously competent. And then you move to unconsciously competent. And that's just learning. There's no way around that. Yeah. And that's why like learning is hard because it, you don't know what it has a saying go. You don't know what you don't know, what you don't know. But then when you realize that you don't know it, then you can start to know it, but you like go down, like you get depressed. Oh yeah the yeah 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 the conscious incompetence is the really painful part of learning the conscious in yeah the conscious, the conscious incompetent. incompetent because when you don't know what you don't know you're like oh life is it's, good yeah and ignorance is bliss as they say yeah and that's totally dressage is like you think like oh like i've got it figured out you know and then you realize how and then you it, go take a lesson yeah and uh, yeah, yeah that happens a lot yes and but that's also i think it's important that you know how learning happens and it gets harder before it gets better and you've got to just stick with the process and keep going so um okay so if you haven't watched my youtube video on bending do it oh there's a question is the outside um leg at the girth or behind the girth. So the outside leg is slightly behind the girth because the outside leg controls the horse's outside hind leg. So that's why the outside leg is positioned slightly behind the girth. There was another question about the outside rein. Um, is How strong or fixed should the outside rein be? So the okay. outside rein should be by the withers, but it shouldn't be fixed and it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be like you're holding like bend should be hold that like when your horse is bending it's see how we're moving back and forth right that tension is staying the same it's probably about three five pounds and so it's go it's now here's fixed now you move and i'll be fixed move and i'll be fixed go the other way see how it's banging i'm fixed okay so the horse's neck there's an oscillation to the horse's neck and now we'll follow again. Now, now we're moving. So the weight is staying the same, 
And so there's just this positive tension and now I'm fixed again. You move like the horse's neck does. And then you get the slack and the slap in the teeth and the slap in the teeth. So um, that's, that's, there's just a positive tension. It's like a rubber band. On the outside rein. <clears throat> and the inside one's your suppling rein. That's the one that's removing the tension. Yeah. Yes. But um, the outside rein, when you're doing a turn, I'm going to make a video on this. I think it's a good um, video topic. But when you're, when your horse is correctly bent and you're turning, let's say, to the left, your outside rein should be on the outside, like by the withers. And your outside rein should be touching your horse's neck. The inside rein should not be touching your horse's neck. So there should be a space between your horse's neck and the inside rein. I'm going to do a GoPro video on that. Yeah, that'd be good. Because that, that's a mistake that a lot of people make. In turning people like neck rein or use indirect reins or like all kinds, all kinds of, things. of things that just don't work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good one. Put that together. Okay. Um, we have a question from Patreon. This is from Jeannie. She says, what do you do with a horse coming back from an injury to help with strength building? Uh, okay. So we don't know really what kind of injury, but a lot of walking. A lot of walking. A lot of walking. A lot of transitions. Um, you always, you know, with injuries, you have to be careful. Always like ask your vet because it depends on what kind of what injury. kind of injury because you've got to be careful too about uh, lateral work and turns. turns yeah yeah straight lines and uh and you walk through the turns it just depends really on the injury but yeah walking is good yeah and you can trot some straight lines whatever your vet's telling you but without knowing the injury some things are trickier than others yeah but transitions like walk out walk yeah rain back um all of that stuff, lots of big straight lines in general is. Yeah, best. when you do turns, big turns, not like 10 meter circles. We're not doing that. Yeah. Okay, next question. I'm asking this to you. To me. How did you get started in dressage? Um, my mother rode in Argentina. She rode endurance riding and then when when my dad's business was doing well we had horses and we moved we had horses in the backyard and uh and i always just felt good with the horses and then in high school um, my mother was taking me to bell canyon which is a barn there and i started to get some lessons and um and it was just an odd thing like i didn't really ever say yes this is what i but i always ended up at a barn right actions speak louder than words I joined the Navy. I'd had other jobs, um, decent paying jobs. And, and I was always at a barn. I was always at a barn. And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe I really do like this and I'll just do it. And that's how that happened. I finally was honest with myself and said I liked it. But you did like cross country, didn't you? Yeah, it was later. I later. Started, yeah, I started with dressage first. Isn't, was it all girls? Where did, I mean, was that what attracted you to dressage? Um, well, no, I mean, I rode with Tom, right? That was my yeah. coach and he made the Pan Am team. So I got to go, I got to go to Cuba with him. 
Um, but I, there was there were men. I mean, there were certainly role models that were men. So yeah, I started out riding dressage because my um, my friends in elementary school were taking dressage lessons, and we grew up. We had a great like group of kids, and it was a bunch of kids my age, and everyone rode. And my first instructor, Julie, was. She was a really good instructor for kids. And so that's how I started out in dressage. And then I went and did Western for a while and I learned how to rope and work cows and do reining and deal with problem horses and ride in a Western saddle. And that was a great experience, but my heart was in dressage. And I remember deciding there was like a point where I was deciding either if I wanted to do reined cow horse which is like where you do a raining pattern and then you um, you have to like take a cow down the fence and it's really fun. It's like a total adrenaline rush. I had to decide between rain cow horse and dressage. And I decided dressage because um, the horses in dressage have a much longer career. Like in rain cow horses, usually they're kind of, they go to the fraternity as four-year-olds and they're done by the time they're Five, six. six. Yeah, they're trail horses. And so I liked having a longer career. And I also like dressage because it's a lot more physical for your body than and the Western. And for me, it's this, it's the, the chess match, right? In my brain as to how to, how do I explain what I want? And this horse is looking at me going, all right, what are you saying? And so then that, that the solving of that part, I just find just fantastic. Yeah. I think dressage is probably one of the hardest disciplines because you know, everyone like it is, it's like so detail oriented and it takes so many years to train a horse, but that's also the fun of it is like your horse becomes such a partner to you and such a, like, you know, a part of you. So that's so that'll be coming. Uh, the, the best way from bend from the ground, turn on the forehand and the halting leg yield into your halt. Oh, you have to ask the question. Not everyone can see it. Oh, look, look at me learning. Okay. <laughs> what is the best way to train? This is from Florida farm life. What is the best way to train the bend from the ground? And I, I'm an advocate of the turn on the forehand from the ground. Yes. That's a good one. Uh, Although it's hard to exactly replicate bend from the ground because you don't have an outside leg. Like there's no way right, to the apply. Are spinning off the line of travel, which right. when you bend your horse, they have to stay on the line of travel. If they drift yeah. off the line, they're not bending. So you've got to have to be accurate. Hence the cones. Whenever they were say all the cones, I'm like, oh, my circles are so good. Right. Accuracy. And then you get the bend. So the turn on the forehand, it makes the haunches spin out. <clears throat> but but when, you have an outside range. You, yeah. So. And so, but you do get the horse to let go in the ribs. And so the horse starts to understand about releasing. And that's, yeah. and that's, and that's a, a big huge part, part of, of yeah. bending. Like if you can get that piece of it, like get the horse moving off the inside leg and into the outside rein, then when you get on and you apply your outside leg. The horse already has some yeah. understanding of what its body needs to do. And you should always teach the bend from the ground first. Like always. Every single horse I've ever trained, you teach that from the ground first. You don't just get on cold turkey and start applying all these aids. Because it doesn't to, make any sense to them. Yeah. They don't, 
you have to teach it from the ground first. It's C. Jane, C. Dick Run, C. I don't know if anybody knows those books. Those were what we read when I was in second grade. C. Dick Run, C. Jane Run, and then you know, then you get to Shakespeare. It's there's a progression. Um, so, Marianne, is that that? Yeah, Marianne. I, oh my God, I'm having such trouble with the halt. She, she won't, won't halt. halt. <clears throat> so I just leg you into a halt. The thing with the halt is that it's one of those things that the more you work on, sometimes the worse it gets, especially if you have like a really hot horse. So you want to like, if you have, if I get on my horse and they're all like fresh and distracted and if you're just like, okay, I'm just going to work on halting. It's not going to go well. Right. That's so, they, that is like shaking up a soda can. Yes. Right. You keep <laughs> stopping and you're shaking up a soda can and then it really won't stop. And then it starts doing, the, you need to go trot, let some steam yes. out of the pot, cool everything out and then get back to it. Yeah. Like halt when your horse is relaxed at yeah. the end of your yeah, ride. Yeah, right. Also halt and then try to just let your horse ask your horse to go forward. Like if they halt for just two seconds or half a second and then just let them go forward again and kind of build their confidence there. Um, I've even had, I, I've seen people even have like their instructor stand there and have the horse halt next to the instructor and, and then, just pet yeah, the horse. Rub the color off of them. Yeah. Let them know that they're okay. But trying to force your horse to halt is not force going to Force is just to not going to work. They're, they're just really big and strong. Force is not going to do it. Yes. Okay. Here's another good question from Amy. How do you keep yourself motivated when you know that some of the skills you want to do are months, if not years away. Um, I do it a day at a time for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't, I don't future trip. I try and just do today and I just do the best I can do today. And yeah, if I started to think about all the things I need to do and know how to do, I, I just, crawl into a, into a cave and be done. Uh, I just try and keep it about today and then look backwards in a three month block or a six month block. I mean, Frankie's a perfect example of that, right? Uh, it's been a year and a half and she's almost on the bit through the Canada parts. Um, and that happened like two weeks ago. And so for a year and a half, I was just, and some days were certainly worse than others where I was just like, yeah, let's just not but I did it anyway, because that's just what I do today. And then when I look back, I can see the changes that have happened. Yes, that's good advice. And I think it's also, it's always important to remember, like, even though you have goals and you want to show or you want to move up the levels, you always have to remember why you have horses in the first place. And it is the for everyone, the why is different, but part of it's just the joy of spending time with them, of seeing them, of those little moments where you feel connected to your horse and there's those moments of harmony. And I think that that is what keeps you motivated is just like the day-to-day -day partnership that you're developing and building. And there's a balance of having goals and wanting to make progress. But if you get too wrapped up in your goals to where you forget to enjoy the day-to-day -day with your horse, that's where you get in trouble. 
And I guess that's kind of, that's something I'm working on in my life too, right? Is it's like, how do you have big goals and dreams? But also my dad always says, smell the roses. Right, but, you know, but that's the thing. You, know, you, you have to work today to be there tomorrow. There's just, there's only today. So you do today and I'm in charge of the effort and not the results. I told her mom that, that we're going to go on, if I meet my goals this year, we're going to go on a vacation. Let me know in the comments if you believe, I just laughed. if you believe that we're going to go on a vacation, I've never gone on a vacation, like a real <coughs> vacation. And I want to go like sit on the beach. <laughs> Maybe my horses could come. Okay. Go sailing. Yes, we could I, I can go, sailing. go get, um, rent a, like a catamaran somewhere warm, somewhere warm. Where the water's clear and I can go free diving and swim with the fish. Oh, look, Ruben's watching from Argentina. Do you know Ruben? Yes. Oh, say hello. Ruben, Costa come on Rica. Back. Three days. You won't make it any longer. <laughs> I'm banking on that. Who was that? That was Chris. Yeah, Chris knows. Chris, you know. <laughs> Um, go to New Zealand. That would be yeah, fun. <laughs> New Zealand. We could ride in New Zealand. Or Australia. I don't think I want to ride on vacation. I like riding my horses. I don't think I want to ride like strange horses that are out of control. No. But they, they go fast over the fields. We have a student in Costa Rica, actually, and she rides on the beach. It's And she like does her dressage. Remember I showed you that video of her? Yeah. She does her dressage test on the beach, like with the waves right there. And I'm so envious. Um, okay, next question is from Sarah. I tried to ask on Instagram, how does the horse know the difference between cues and transitions? Like how would the horse understand if you wanna go from canter to walk instead of canter to trot? Are the aids different somehow? Yes. And again that goes back to the feel right so when i go canter to trot right i, I my hip stops making the canter motion i close my thigh make two fists exhale sit in and then as soon as i feel that horse making the adjustment i soften my seat and start making trot motion as opposed to when i want to go to the canter i'll hold that and you know you think short quick short quick sit into the walk and I hold that resistance, that spec longer. And when I feel and sit to the walk, then I release my hip and follow the rhythm. Yeah. But that's time and miles. I've done it a couple of times. And so the trick would be how to make uh, patterns for you, right? Exercises for you to be able to feel the difference in your body, what your body has to do different for each one. And once you have that awareness, then you can execute it. Yeah. But I mean, in general, canter to walk requires a lot more preparation and yes. like stronger aids than canter to trot. And the horse has to be able to carry more. Right. So canter to walk requires collection. Anytime that you skip a gate, like you're going from canter to walk or walk to canter, that requires collection, which means that the horse has to sit behind which means that you need to ride a lot more half halts. And one thing I did a lecture one time where I was talking about half halts and explaining how not all half halts are created equal. 
some half halts are stronger than others. So to go from canter to walk, you need several stronger half halts than right. to go from, from canter, canter to trot. To yeah. trot. So um, it and that's but that's just like time and miles, you know, it's figuring out how much of like what you need um, for your horse. Right, because that same basic aid changes from horse to horse. Yeah. You know, right. Some, some horses, horses, you know, I give the go yeah. forward aid and on some horses they're looking around like what? And on other horses I'll end up on the freeway. Yeah. But you have to, I mean, when you think about aids though, it it is, it's like a weird thing to think about, but there's certain things that you have to differentiate for different things. So the biggest differentiating things is like lay like driving aids versus restraining aids. So if you want your horse to go for like faster, you have to use more leg. If you want your horse to slow down, you have to use more seat and hand. The other defining things are leg positioning. So like inside leg at the girth, outside leg behind the girth versus both legs at the same place. Right. And then how much pressure you put with each leg. Like it's, it's crazy to think about how how all that works. How it all works. And yeah. When when it's all working and it's just harmonious and smooth and you yeah. and it's it's there's nothing quite like that feeling. Yeah. But it is it's a tough thing. And I remember the cowboy I used to work with, he would say, You can't teach feel. Like it's impossible. You can't teach it. And I agree with him, but you can help someone learn it. Right. You can create exercises that put the rider in a position to where you get the result and it happens and it happens and it happens and then they will develop feel. Sure. Yeah. I can't learn the feel for them, but I can set it up to where they can feel the thing. Yeah. All right. Linda here says, I watched Amelia's class about lead changes. I ride a green hunter. In January, I trotted every lead change. Last weekend, we got every change. That is awesome. I'm, wow. That is, yay. Good job. That is yeah. impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> so I am impressed. The flying changes webinar was really fun. We had a lot of people sign up for the course on flying changes. If you signed up, I'm doing an orientation call on this Sunday and flying changes are fun. They're hard, but they're very fun. So congratulations, Linda. Um, I think that's it for tonight. We are going to a horse show next weekend. So if it works out, we might pop online, but don't bank on it. We're taking six horses. Yeah, there's six horses and three people. So yeah, so we'll we are happens. going to be very busy. We'll try to keep you updated. I'm going to be showing four horses. He's taking Frankie. Frankie. And we have a student going with us. Um, so it will be an adventure, but I think it will be a lot of fun. That would be fun. And we we rented a house like on the grounds, which will make it extra fun yeah we Levi can come yes we definitely should take bicycles that way we don't have to go far yeah so that show will be in Temecula um and it should be fun we'll keep you guys updated so anyways we're both tired tonight we rode a lot of for a lot of so crazy was, a lot yeah. of crazy horses after a week of rain yes. everything's a little more exciting here <laughs> so we'll see you guys all next week good night, night everyone Bye.
So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.